This is Pop Health Week on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media, the executive producer and co-host of the show. Joining me in the virtual studio is co-founder and principal co-host Fred Goldstein, President of Accountable Health, LLC. At Pop Health Week, we engage top industry leadership and stakeholder voices spanning payer, provider, patient, vendor, and regulatory communities in population health best practices and strategy. Connect with us at www.popupstudio.productions or follow and direct message me on Twitter at Greg Masters MPH, and that is Greg with two G's. On today's episode, our guest is Enrique Estrada, Senior Director of Health Industry Solutions at VMware, a leading provider of multi-cloud services for all applications. Enrique is a seasoned executive with over 25 years in technology, product management, telecommunications, and digital health leadership. He has worked in many transformational roles, including startups and Fortune 500 companies, where he's been the principal innovator and solution owner of new and disruptive technologies and services. And with that introduction, Fred, over to you. Thanks so much, Greg and Enrique. Welcome to Pop Health Week. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Glad to get you on and looking forward to uh, these discussions over the next couple of shows. So why don't we begin, give our audience a little sense of your background. Yeah, sure. So uh, 30 years in tech, uh, spent half of it in healthcare, really focused around just this kind of digital engagement model, whether it was telemedicine, patient portals, provider portals, uh, remote patient monitoring, and uh, as of recently, decentralized clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And so your specific role at VMware? Yeah, so today I'm fortunate uh, enough to be leading the global healthcare and life science solution team. So surrounded by some amazing folks that are really dedicated to the cause uh, I work cross-functionally in uh, with sales, with the business unit, and other teams to really kind of look at what we have as far as solutions and working with our partners to drive those solutions to market. Also, they brought me on board to help kind of verticalize the healthcare market here. So we've really focused, taking a new approach with healthcare, or I should say with industries, and we're driving verticals for retail, healthcare, and financial services. And so uh, it's a similar role I had many, many years back at Cisco on how do you operationalize a vertical. So fortunate enough to be able to kind of take that opportunity and do it here at VMware. Well, that's really fantastic. And you recently published a piece, Enrique, called From Point of Sales to Point of Care, How the Intersection of Retail and Healthcare Technology Will Benefit Patients. Talk, talk about why you delved into this area in terms of retail. Yeah, it's it's um, it's something that, you know, obviously it's starting to become more front and center. Uh, obviously, I think it's become more front and center after the or during the pandemic. And now where we're at with the pandemic, more folks seeing this presence of healthcare in their retail centers and these what we normally refer to as big box retailers. But it's it's not so much a, a trend that just recently started. I remember back, I would say in 2010. Uh, having these conversations with Walgreens, right? And, they, and them really wanting to see how they could add new services uh, around their pharmacy business with telemedicine. And so I think just like anything in life, it's all about timing. So now we find ourselves probably the best time to really take advantage of a digital first approach around healthcare. And we're seeing a lot of retailers like Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, as well as others they're saying, hey, you know, I, I have this opportunity. I have this critical mass that flows through my storefronts. How could I add greater value 
and and start to think about what we can do around healthcare to kind of change and disrupt the market. And so I've been watching this for the past few years play out. Uh, I've been watching Walmart specifically drive this and, and they're driving a lot of disruption and they're adding also a lot of transparency to the market. If you think about what they're doing around primary care and being able to be very transparent with their prices and driving low cost, but you know, maintaining the right quality of care, uh, it's a pretty compelling offering. So I decided I would write a blog about it just to put it out there. And it's been interesting. I, actually, ever since I wrote it, I, I can't tell you how many folks have actually reached out to me uh, via LinkedIn and, and been actually saying, yeah, I've been watching this trend bubble up as well. So, And, you know, you think about it from a perspective of you, you mentioned these large retailers, Walmart and others that are stepping into this space. And you talked about, you know, some of the potential benefits or reasons why they might get in there. One of them you said is there's something powerful about having a one-stop shop for most of your needs. As a consumer, it's extremely convenient to make one trip. Obviously, that makes a lot of sense. You know, a Walmart or one of these, they do have huge volumes of people coming through their their storefronts. Uh, What are some of the other areas that they bring that differentiate them from the current healthcare providers? There's something that I think Walmarts, the CVSs, and other large retailers can do, and that is... You know, if I think about what Walmart can do specifically, if I use them just as an example, they have a large base of consumers that go through Walmart every week, right? I think there's a a stat out there uh, out in the public domain. I think two thirds of the U.S. population flows through a Walmart every week. That's pretty astounding to see that many people go through a Walmart. But they also have, you know, where you think about where they're well positioned is out in the, you know, the outer skirts of the urban areas or more in suburbia, even out into some of the rural areas. And so access to care is really, really something that they can help drive. Um, and as you start to think about, well, they already have the consumers coming in, they're doing their shopping there, they're buying maybe their health and wellness needs there as well. One of the things that I see as a benefit that they start to add is, well, what if I brought in just primary care, right? And I, And one of the things I talked about in this kind of blog is this notion of having this one-stop shop where maybe you are feeling a bit under the weather and you do happen to go in and check in this primary care. And maybe the thought that crosses your mind is, well, I already have insurance, but maybe maybe it's a high deductible plan and Walmart's offering my primary care anywhere between $20 $40. So why not give it a shot? And as you go through this and you find out potentially that you may be prone or at risk for a certain kind of chronic disease, they can start to offer different types of opportunities for you to say, well, you know, we can go ahead and start to, you know, treat you as a patient for your chronic disease, but we can also provide you some coaching, um, some behavioral health coaching, some nutrition coaching, and also offer you some coupons around our organic food section, right? So you start to create new habits, if you will, new patterns for that consumer slash patient that they can start now start to take advantage of by shopping at a one-stop shop. And so you're getting your primary care, you're getting your health and wellness, and you're also getting better uh, selections for food if you're a diabetic. Do you see this perhaps progressing to where those retail centers, the the medical facilities within say a Walmart or one of these others is actually um, contracted with a health plan and becomes the primary care home for, for that individual? Or do you still see it sort of separate like it is now where it's an option when you go in? Yeah, it, it starts to look more like, you know, the, the wraparound services starts to look really compelling for for people like, for instance, again, if if I know that I have a new relationship I'm building with, let's say, 
now a clinical retail provider, what else can I get from this that adds value to me as a patient? And if they're offering me, for instance, ways to track me through digital health, right? So the fact that they can maybe suggest that, hey, um, we think we should be monitoring your HbA1c a little bit more closely. How about we provide you an A1c uh, or a glucometer, let's say, and a blood pressure cuff or a scale that you can go home, go home and self-report on, and we can track that. And so, you know, so now you look at Walmart offering the off-the-shelf products with these medical devices or peripherals that are Bluetooth connected to your mobile app, and then you can report back to your care team. And so it starts to look like a very compelling kind of service model for a patient to say, hey, not only can I get my 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 food here and my my daily needs, but I can also get my care here in this retail center. And you've talked about, you mentioned this idea of the digital health being a piece that sort of integrates this or allows it to, to occur. And this is why people are stepping into it. So I look at a Walmart and I see, well, they've got brick and mortar sites around the country, you know, and it makes a lot of sense. As you pointed out, they're out in rural areas. They can really reach a lot of folks. You also see the Amazon, you know, Amazon themselves stepping into this space. And I guess that's allowed through this digital creation of being able to digitally link up this stuff. Yeah, so it's a, it's a very interesting question because I, I think what we're talking about is the business model, right? And so so I, I see this as definitely a disruption. I see it as a competing factor across just primary care. But, you know, so the, the advantage of you, if you're going to an IDN, for instance, like a large brand IDN, you know, that's also a one-stop shop for all care, right? For your specialty, for your surgical uh, and what have you. But, um, you know, I, and I'll stick to Walmart here and everything I talk about is it's out in the public domain, but they're offering optical, they're offering uh, imaging. I think there may be some labs in there in primary care. I, I would almost look at the strategy maybe being in phases, right? Phase one is let's, let's just do primary care, optical, maybe some behavioral coaching, what have you, but maybe phase two starts to look at, look at how do we start to partner with white labeled special specialists, like a concierge service, uh, that provides us access to local tenants, right? Or docs on demand that they can white label. And then phase three maybe starts to look like what does this relationship look like at a higher level with these large IDNs or healthcare systems? Because I don't think Walmart or CVS or some of these other retailers can do it all. They can do a lot in the primary care side of the business, but they're still going to have to leverage possibly this relationship with healthcare plans and providers to provide other access of the care that they just can't do. Do you see uh, the the opportunity maybe Walmart steps in as an insurer at some point? Yeah, you know, that's absolutely all there, right? That's there with, you know, if you, well, actually let's pivot to CVS, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's a great, great kind of example of where um, with CVS, with the acquisition of Aetna, right? They, they had those members there. So I think what we're going to start to see possibly in this space as it again, it's still very nascent, right? We're going to start to see it evolve today. I think Walmart has about 30 sites overall, but CVS has obviously done some acquisitions that they've been able to bring in. I think they did I'm trying to remember it was they have the minute clinics and then they did they have the health hubs. And um I I think with along with those types of care, along with the payer side of the business. It starts to look like, wow, this is almost looking like an IDN, right? Now, I know the folks that probably work at IDNs that are listening to this going, no way. And I, and I agree with you. Uh, like I said, it's a very nascent market. It's, it's just started, but those, those aspirations are there. 
And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Pop Health Week on Healthcare Now Radio. We're speaking with Enrique Estrada, Senior Director of Healthcare Industry Solutions at VMware, a leading provider of multi-cloud services. And you've talked about, you mentioned this idea of the digital health being a piece that sort of integrates this or allows it to, to occur, and this is why people are stepping into it. So I look at a Walmart and I see, well, they've got brick and mortar sites around the country, you know, and it makes a lot of sense. As you pointed out, they're out in rural areas. They can really reach a lot of folks. You also see the Amazon, you know, Amazon themselves stepping into this space. And I guess that's allowed through this digital creation of being able to digitally link up this stuff. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you're a brick and mortar place or, you know, a, uh, a service provider, or let's say just AWS or Amazon, right? Because they have the where they, they have the acquisition of one medical, they have the pill pack that Amazon's done. They I know they also have this service that they are offering internally to their employees where you could have almost like a doctor that would show up to, to your home within a certain SLA time period. So I, I definitely see that there is this kind of consumerism of healthcare going on. Uh, we've been hearing about it for probably a good 10 years, but we're definitely seeing it accelerated now just coming out of this kind of pandemic where this digital first approach with digital health telehealth, being able to see docs on demand through your mobile app, and then having wearables kind of prescribed to you almost as a, as a ther- part of a therapeutic really starts to look like the landscape is changing on how care is being delivered and enabled to patients. And, you know, you mentioned now, obviously, COVID pushed this because we suddenly had to move to digital with telehealth and these other technologies coming out. A lot of people, a lot of companies, even some we've mentioned, have played in this sphere before and maybe not been so successful. Why is that and what makes it different now? Yeah, that's a great question. So just like anything in life, right, it's all about timing. I think at the time, maybe the technology just wasn't there from a reach perspective. I think from an engagement perspective, maybe you didn't I didn't know how to write build the didn't know how to build the right inclusion exclusion criteria around how you wanted to engage with patients. A lot more folks are mobile now and prefer mobile. So I think Technology's definitely helped. Uh, if I go back to my Walgreens example, back in 2010, they really wanted to do telemedicine. But you know, when we had that solution back then at Cisco, it was a big clunk of steel. You're rolling into a pharmacy to do that. Whereas these days, you know, it's basically software, right? It's all software driven, running off someone's cloud. So I think uh, the timing is, it has a lot to do with it, with technology and the way people want to engage. Uh, and I think there's a lot more innovation and services that we've been able to provide as well in the healthcare space. So I think the timing's perfect for folks that have like a CVS. If I go go back to some of the research I was doing before this call, I think within a three mile radius, 70% of the US population is within uh, reach of a CVS story. So yeah, so if we go back and look at like the overall impact that Walmart can drive with seeing, you know, two thirds of the US population flowing in through their stores every week, that has a lot to do with what they command as far as their loyalty from consumers and what they can do. So again, you know, you start to think about what are these retailers trying to do? They're trying to add value. They have the critical mass. When I look at what Amazon's doing, Amazon's doing the same thing, but they're doing it from the cloud. If you look at the landscape and, you know, let's let's move on beyond just the, the Walmart and CVS and Walgreens uh, reference. Best Buy is moving into the consumer side of the business. They acquired Current Health. Dollar General's made some reference to to wanting to do stuff in healthcare. And I, you know, I think the barometer for me is like, 
you know when someone's really serious is when they hire a chief medical officer. That's when you know they're they're doubling down. And so all these companies have done that or have already had those kind of you know executive leadership folks in place to help drive this. So you know it's a great opportunity. Uh, it's a great I would call it market transition that I think we're all ready for from a timing perspective. So going back to the why now, it's because a lot of the stars are starting to align. And as you think about this from your perspective and, you know, and they're going into this business, how do you, how would you recommend to them that they ensure quality? I mean, it's a, it's sort of a different space. It's the medical area. What consumers are used to when you go to these big box retailers is they, you know, high volume, low cost. And sometimes you compromise on quality, right? Because you're dealing with cost. So that's not something you want to compromise with when you're dealing with your health, right? You're not going, I want the uh, lowest cost, but you know the cheapest quality to come along with it. You don't want to compromise on that. You, you want to be able to make sure that you're still getting the same standard of care that you're used to, whether you're walking into your well-known doctor clinic or your, your, your primary care, wherever you get your care. So I think what we are looking for, though, is you know things that are going to kind of change my pattern as a consumer, right? Uh, price transparency is a big change for me, right? So I can go on um, one of these retailer sites right now and see how much my primary care would, would be, right? I, I can't tell you, you know, how many times I've walked into a dental office or what have you, and I I, I assume I've, I've paid my deductible, right? My out-of-pocket, uh, only to be surprised about two weeks later after the, you know, after we go through the adjudication process to find out I still owe a little bit more. So price transparency is going to be a big driver for this. And I think um, that will help as well. You know, it's it's fascinating as it suddenly just popped into my head thinking about this. You know, Walmart's done an incredible amount of work around the quality of services delivered for their employees centers of excellence, all types of different contracting models. And given the data set they must have on their own employees, they probably can take that kind of knowledge and apply it to the practices that they're going to be using for others, which is just a fascinating way to think about that. Probably the biggest play here is the data, right? And so, yeah, so first you you eat your own dog food, offer a lot of services in-house, look at those patterns, look at that data, um, and develop some best practices, 100%, right? And I, just from a little bit of inside baseball before I, I, I started working here at VMware, I, I had the opportunity to be engaged with the Walmart innovation team for healthcare um, and, and work very closely with those folks out in Arkansas. And I, I do remember like sitting down and I brought to the table, this is what our patient data looks like, right? This is what our demographics look like. These are the things you can do with that. And I remember Walmart, bring to the table what their consumer index and their consumer data look like and how scientific it was and the approach they took to that. And then I started to look, you know, sit back and look at this going, wow, this is really amazing that if you could start to kind of commingle our clinical data, claims data, patient reported outcomes data, and social determinants of health data, along with the consumer data that they have and the, the, the sentiment data that they have, you know, this profile of data starts to look completely, completely different. And, you know, one thing that these retailers are really, really good at, and they have it down to a science is buying patterns, right? Behavioral patterns. And there's some good anecdotal data that I, I was able to kind of research as I was coming across this is that, you know, in some cases they can predict pregnancies just off of buying patterns before, you know, the mother knows that she's pregnant. 
And I think there was in one case, actually, in particular, one of the retailers actually got themselves in a bit of a, a pickle because of that same buying pattern. They were able to create a targeted marketing campaign to someone that was pregnant. Uh, unfortunately, that person was underage and uh, the parents started to question why that person was getting so many coupons in the mail for, you know, formula, baby formula, uh, diapers, what have you. So, you know, there's the, the the data can be used for a lot of good, but it can also be, you know, uh, create some challenges there too, if you don't understand your demographics really, really well. But uh, the point being is that data is something that they've gotten really good at, probably better than any other industry to understand predictabilities and patterns. Well, and that's, that really gets to the holy grail, and Greg and I have talked about this a bunch. At the, at the end of the day, the retailers know how to get you to change your behavior, to do things, to buy stuff. And I've always thought, boy, if we could turn that engine on to how do we get you to do healthy behaviors, how do we get you to pick up your meds, all those kinds of things to help individuals and understand where they are and what's keeping that from happening and then make the changes, we've really found the holy grail of trying to improve the health of populations. Yeah, yeah, and behavioral behavioral health is you know, I learned this a long time ago, working very closely with uh, folks on the clinical side. I, you know, I was very fortunate to, have, to kind of be partnered up with a lot of smart clinicians that said, look, a lot of this is just behavioral, right? And so if you understand how to look at the data patterns, how to look at the data that's coming in, and you can use that to provide certain nudges, uh, so to speak, to patients that are on that kind of patient journey, you can start to change patterns, right? You can start to offer suggestions on better food choices, maybe from the organic food section uh, where you, you're buying your other needs from and also getting your primary care. So that one-stop shop, everything under one roof starts to look like, wow, this is uh, this makes it very convenient for me. You've, you've mentioned some of the big names. Your piece talks about sort of this future state. How, how long do you think it's going to take to get there? Do you think this movement's finally going to really go with this consumer piece of it? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think you know, a lot of retailers probably dabbled on it, ideated on it many years ago. You know, everyone's gone public with their intent now, right? People are making large investments in this space. People, like I said earlier, you know, you're serious when someone hires a CMO, right? I, I, I think we're not too far away from seeing this, you know, they have the critical mass from a consumer perspective. I think just like anything, price makes, makes it attractive, but, you know, I'm a patient and one of the things that's important to me is my relationship with my physician. So what we'll have to wait and see is what is that adoption and trust and relationship start to look like at these retailers, right? If they can help foster and drive that engagement and help build that trust, I think we'll start to see that adoption definitely move forward. You've mentioned sort of the big ones, Walmart, CVS, Amazon. Are there particular things we should watch for or organizations we should watch to see what they're doing? They may be the leading ones in this area. So, yeah, and I think I mentioned Best Buy, but I didn't talk about them too much. And, you know, I know Best Buy has been on this journey for quite some time as well. So they're very much focused on basically looking at how you can use passive sensors within the within the home. So if you think about, you know, we've for anybody that's been in healthcare for a while, we always talk about kind of the silver tsunami or the aging population, so to speak. Right. And how fast, you know, people are turning 65 year over year or the growing population, I should say, of how fast people are, you know, are getting to 65. So I think it's pretty interesting to see where folks like Best Buy or anyone else that's focused on how do I monitor passively, right, patients in the home to reduce the risk of falls or to maybe look at different sleeping patterns or 
or see other kind of kind of health indicators on the decline or being stable, how that can be used with technology. I think AI will eventually have a piece in this as well, but I'm seeing folks like Best Buy going, this is probably where I'm going to start to place my bets. I think, you know, they bought into remote patient monitoring, so they're going to use passive sensors, maybe mobile as well, to kind of track patient reported outcomes. Well, fantastic. It's been great having you on this uh, first show. Enrique, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to the next one with you to delve further into this topic. Great. Thank you for having me. And back to you, Greg. And thank you, Fred. That is the last word on today's broadcast. I want to thank Enrique Estrada, the Senior Director of Health Industry Solutions at VMware, for his time and many insights today. To learn more about VMware, go to www.vmware.com forward slash solutions slash industry slash healthcare dash IT dash solutions. To read Enrique's blog post we discussed today, check out blogs.vmware.com forward slash industry dash solutions forward slash healthcare and do follow their work on Twitter via at VMware and VMware HIT respectively. And finally, if you're enjoying our work at Pop Health Week, please do like the show on the podcast platform of your choice, share with your colleagues, and do consider subscribing to keep up with new episodes as they're posted. We stream live on Healthcare Now Radio weekdays at 5.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and for you left coasters like me, 2.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 6.30 p.m. Pacific. For Pop Health Week, my co-host Fred Goldstein, this is Reg Masters saying, please stay safe, everyone. Bye now. Bye now.